You are listening to the Soar Above Cancer podcast, episode 134, part one, the balls of shit theory, our chat with Corinne, with your host Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, fellow cancer thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. Today, we are very happy to have on the podcast Corinne, a member of the YAC, Young Adult Cancer Canada team, here to explain a theory that has really been encompassed by many in the young adult cancer community and we can jump right in today and our first question is the toughest according to all the guests that we've had on and it's who is Corinne? It is a tough question Uh, less now than if you had asked me that 25 years ago I would have probably struggled more. Who am I? Um I uh, first, like I do love my job. So often I find when you people ask you this, you jump into what you do. But um, as much as I love it, I would say I'm a caring and loving and generally happy uh, person, more extroverted than introverted, but I do love my quiet time and I am passionate about the work that I do. So I am also the program director at Yak and uh, just privileged to do something that I'm so passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, I'm a daughter and I'm a friend and I'm a sister and I'm close to my sister. So I'm all of those things um, in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, Kareen, it's fine. It's funny because even myself, I find that it's taken so long for us to have someone like yourself on the podcast. You always bring this, this ray of sunshine everywhere that you go, especially in the yak community. And I think that's why a lot of people resonate a lot with you. And the reason we have you on today is really to discuss this theory that you brought along to the yak community um, in the past couple of years. And it's something that's really interesting. And Gabrielle and I have had a lot of interest exploring a little further. And so what we're here to ask you is if you could possibly start to explain what the balls of shit theory is in your own words. <laughs> sure. It's actually been like, so I met you guys a few years ago, but I've been dragging along this thing for quite a long time. <clears throat> I was explaining at the last retreat, initially, um, this lady called Danny Bollier, I think that was her name, in Quebec when I used to live in Quebec and work Mm -hmm. there. And I probably over, well over 15 years ago, I attended this presentation she did. And she uses metaphor in her work to kind of explain things. And I guess in her presentation that day, she's explaining some concept or something she's trying to kind of give an example for and uses this kind of in French, this kind of metaphor of shit and how we carry shit around. And for those of you who know me, you guys do, that resonated with me. I thought it was really funny and clever. So years pass. And uh, and back then, I think I kind of kept that idea. She gave about a million example of all kinds of things because that's how she kind of explained her her stuff. But the balls of shit, uh, which was my translation in my head, is what stuck. And ultimately, it evolved a lot for me over time. And as I started to work with young adult cancer patients and uh, survivors, 
the more I spoke with them, um, the more I felt like, okay, this is a power. This was a powerful illustration for me. I looked in books. I, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I think she just gave an example, the poor lady. And I've been carrying this around, <clears throat> excuse me, for 18 years. But ultimately, it is related to the concept of letting go. We hear a lot about that. But I think ultimately, it's just more digging deeper to say, okay, when we let go of things, what are those things? And the balls of shit, it might sound negative, the, the, the metaphor, but it's not really. It's just like we say that all the time. I carry mm-hmm. shit around with me. And it's this kind of image that we've had. Uh, that to me is like, it's true. And I think there are, to me, there are always reasons why we might carry some balls of shit around longer than others. Uh, Because sometimes our own shit serves a purpose, Uh, good or bad. Sometimes there's a reason why we stay clinging onto something for longer, maybe than others around us would like us to. Um, But eventually I think it's important to look at what we have in our pockets all those little balls of shit, not just keep smelling them and putting them back in, but actually looking at that and saying, what am I maybe ready? And in the process of kind of letting go, flushing down, planting in this soil outside, do something with it. Absolutely. Do you have practices or ways that someone can get rid of those balls of shit? I do. So I'm a big believer in do what speaks to you. Uh, in life and especially when you are processing something that is difficult so I've done um, different things and I'm sure that you know if we even looked and through books that speaks of letting go there are about a million different ways that you can do this for me I've used writing and burning pages of journals which was actually quite cathartic Um, but also I've been giving this example, which I I still do is at airports. Sometimes I'll write down things that I just don't even want to bring it in the plane with me. I don't want to bring it back home with me. So doing this kind of gesture of writing on a napkin, going to the bathroom at the airport and flushing my napkin Mm -hmm. and then getting on the plane even though it's not magical, like it doesn't mean that systematically it's done and dealt with, but there is something actually powerful to kind of change location physically and not necessarily in having done that, I'm going to stop, I'm going to write it down, I'm going to flush it down, and then I'll get on board. To me, that was also pretty um, useful to do that. So there are all kinds of different ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Rock yeah, we've it, used as well as a lot. That's great. <laughs> no, and it's the thought, even that first sort of example is it's the physical distance between yourself and your ball of shit. Right. So it's, I get that yeah. for sure. And I mean, you touched on it a little earlier, but in your opinion, why do you think this theory is, is so popular within the young adult cancer community? You know, um, I don't know. Maybe it's just like, sometimes I'm like, it could be as simple as just saying it like it is. Sometimes it feels like shit. It smells like shit. It's heavy. It's so sometimes when you talk to people, I'm not sure if I was, and maybe who knows, but I was going to say, I'm not sure if I was in a room with a bunch of lawyers, if they were would crack up or elderly or there are different types of groups of people. And I'm saying this with no 
judgment, but it's just there's some professional environment that might not welcome, so that's more what I mean, professional environments that might not welcome um, expressing this in that way. Uh, but to me, I'm working with young adults. Most days in my heart, I feel like I'm still way younger than I am mm-hmm. in age. And ultimately, it's like, say it like it is. And, and I would hope that it, it kind of grabbed on in our community because it spoke to people in the same way it spoke to me. But again, we can twist that around. And when it's something really speaks to you and you share it, usually people receive it differently than if you're kind of like, nah, I don't really believe it, but I'm going to talk about it. And so I think it's kind of a mix of all of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I am interested to know a bit more about um, some of the elements in this theory. So if we delve deeper and kind of define, first of all, just the balls of shit, what would be examples of balls of shit or what would that look like kind of thing? Um, so I can only speak of, um, of me in the sense that I don't think there is a real, this is a ball of shit and this is not. Mm-hmm. In the sense that to me, the, the closest, and I've never spent, it's the first time I'm fucking spending time talking about this that mm-hmm. much, but it, it's just, when you think about it, to me, I would want a ball of shit to represent something. You know, there is a point in our lives when we do some introspection. And I know a lot of our community members have because of everything you've been through. So sometimes it happens when you're in your early 20s or 30s or, but as we know, for some people, it never happens. Uh, But you guys and I and other people I know have delved into, okay, something is off. Something is not quite right. And uh, it can be sometimes an emotion. So for, for very many years, I would say the kind of uh, guilt uh, that I felt towards different past experiences or that was a ball of shit for me. That was an, a deep emotion that I had to kind of look into and explore. And where is this coming from? How does this make me behave? How does this make me feel and kind of understand it, but it was a ball of shit. And it was something that I actually, I just wanted to transform this. I didn't want to live uh, with this kind of sense of guilt popping back into my life and expressing itself into my life as much as it did back then. Same with worries. Uh, Worries was a ball of shit for me. And I did a um, quarantine with Kareem. The first week we did kind of ball of shit, a quarantine hour and I was telling people like one one of the road trip I did uh, one of the thing I did was I was like I'm gonna try and, and let go of some balls of shit and wrote worries on a on a sandy beach and then kind of brushed it away and these were all very someone looking at me would have said this is silly mm. but these were heavy uh, emotions and heavy things that I felt took too much space in my life at that time, I was like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. That's enough. So that could be a ball of shit. Some, for some people, it could be a past relationship. It could be a conflict. It could be many things to me. If it's weighing you down, if you feel like you're carrying it around instead of cherishing it, mm-hmm. uh, I think that could just qualify as a ball of shit. Yeah, 100%. 
And on that same vein, when we discuss the, the couple of elements, there's the balls of shit themselves. And then there's this concept of your pockets. So I guess where you carry your balls of shit. If you could maybe discuss, it's a little harder to talk about than just the balls of shit, but how does the element of your pockets and where you carry the balls of shit, how does that play into the theory in itself? Well, the, the strongest image is, so the pocket is just, you know, you, you walk with it. So if you have a pair of pants or a pair of shorts, and I have pants with pockets today, um, if you fill your pockets uh, with a lot of balls of shit, uh, it's really hard not to feel it when you sit, when you, and, and ultimately I would argue that if your pockets are full of things you don't need anymore, that don't serve you anymore, a lot of simple life things become complicated. Walking, sitting in a normal sized chair, traveling, like I'm like, you wouldn't fit on those planes with your pockets full of shit. Um, but ultimately it's just more to say you are carrying with you uh, a lot. Like we carry with us a lot of things. Uh, and ultimately if we stop right now and all we thought of is what we're doing right now, this is the now, this is, we're having a conversation. It's wicked, but all three of us could easily kind of not be here, be in the past or be in what might be, and then fill our pockets quite quickly if we wanted to, uh, depending on how much work we have done on something. Uh, I know that I have some things that I still am working through. And so I do know that I'm carrying uh, some stuff still in my pocket. But ultimately, I do also feel lighter because I have kind of let go of some of it. But the, the pocket image is just more that as much as we would want it, uh, I think some things, if we don't spend the time addressing it, weighs us down, we carry it around, and it actually does uh, make some things in life harder, mm -hmm. yeah. the simplest things sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to know if you ever thought of the kind of the antonym to balls of shit, because you, you talked about what you want to what you cherish and you want to keep what would that look like so some of the things that to me i um i found helpful sometimes i wish uh in in my 20s i dealt with anxiety and i kind of wish i had found a therapist or someone who could have worked maybe a bit like with cbt like cognitive behavioral therapy and kind of taught um reframing because i think that would have worked really well for me <clears throat> but I would say that uh, it's, a, it's an in interesting and important question in a sense that to me, uh, there is no point in just letting go and letting go and letting go if there isn't what you just said, which is to me, it's more I'm letting go of something because I want to make more space for peace and for calm and for confidence and for love and for joy. And so these are uh, new seeds that I definitely want to cultivate. I will make space in my pocket uh, for those things. And I think they do take less space. Uh, I do envision those things as kind of almost lifting us up. So making us feel like we're not as heavy on the floor when we walk and we're, so this is more of what I want to cultivate. But to do that, you need to make space. You know, sometimes it's as to me in my head anyway, if I think of it, sometimes I'm actually really able to see 
how much some of the past emotions, experiences and everything took as a space in my brain and in the way I thought and what I would think really first thing in the morning and last thing at night. And, you know, so you function in life. It doesn't mean that you're a dysfunctional wacko. It just means that you learn to function with maybe a little bit too much heaviness and negativity and doubt and insecurity and fear and and you function and you continue to push through because we're humans and I think most of us are really really resilient our resiliency is available to everyone mm-hmm. uh, so ultimately it's um, yeah it's it's to look into what do I want to make space for and to me uh, it again could include a million things, but healthy relationships. And so, you know, when you let go of your worries or your guilt or your, you become more authentic and then your relationships flourish from that. So then all of a sudden you have this beautiful seed that you planted and flower that you put water and then your relationships are just easier and simpler. And so it's all really linked together. Uh, and sometimes I think to get to those places, you need to spend the time understanding. So I don't hate my balls of shit, even mm. if I throw them away. It's not with hate and disgust and judgment, because then what would be the fucking point? If I'm judging exactly. myself for having had struggles and carried around some balls of shit that, well, then it's defeating the purpose. Mm-hmm. But it is, uh, there is a time where you need to kind of, I think, start to let it go. And you might let go of the same thing many, many, many times. And that's all right. <laughs> so you discussed earlier that you had, this theory has really developed, at least in your mind, you've had it in your, in your head for the past 18 years or so. And then you brought it into a community where everyone really, a lot of people can resonate it, let's say. Have you experienced or has there been a time where the theory itself evolved over the past couple of years or has it kind of stuck within the same concept, if that kind of makes sense, the question? Yeah, it does. Good, <laughs> it does. No, it totally evolved. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the image and the metaphor and the words I use are pretty similar, but um, no, the theory totally evolved because... I do my best to evolve as a person. So then, you know, your understanding of, um, of life and of struggles in life. Uh, there are some struggles that, you know, if you go through cancer and if you, there are some things that do come from the outside at you. Uh, but there is a lot of things that I think we can control from the inside of, okay, what is going on inside of me? And so the more I, understood that and the more I embraced it and the less I judged myself for it I think the more this kind of idea of what am I carrying around what is it how do I look at it how do I reframe it how do that has evolved uh, ultimately because I think at the beginning um, it was more because I was still figuring stuff out for myself and I think that helps me in my work to do that I was more kind of not necessarily uh, examining as much what this meant, Uh, but over time, and then you read stuff and then you hear inspiring people. And then it's like, huh, that's kind of what they're saying. They're not saying it in the same way, but then, and then you kind of add to your understanding. And that's kind of how the balls of shit theory to me evolved in my head. Great. Mm -hmm. So I'm, 
I'm interested to kind of understand what you think the underlying themes of this theory are. For example, I'm thinking back to her chat with Genevieve last week when she talked about self-compassion. And for me, that's, for example, a theme that I would associate with this theory. So what are you, the themes that it highlights in your life and in your professional life? So you're right. Self-compassion is one of them. Um, mindfulness is a big one for me. Um, and awareness. So I kind of have those two together in at times, but um, there is, um, you know, it's so important uh, in life uh, when we can to practice becoming more mindful and aware of how we feel, <laughs> what we think, because I think it's a big, beautiful light towards who we are like the more we get to understand that so those things to me are really um attached to that uh other like self-compassion in includes a lot of things because judgment uh we're really hard on ourselves people in general uh i think we are so hard we're very lenient and understanding with other people uh but with ourselves not so much um, so I think it uh, includes a lot of it. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Thank you. 100%. This ends episode 134, part one, the balls of shit theory, our chat with Corinne. Make sure that you join us next week for part two of this chat to hear more about the theory as a whole, how you can apply it in your own life as a caregiver, as a healthcare professional. So we delve deeper into this the practical aspects of this theory in our next episode. Before you go today, just a quick reminder, if you have any questions or suggestions or comments, or if you simply want to share your story, please do reach out through the Soar Above Cancer social medias and our website. Many smiles to you and see you next week.